Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. This is the apartment of a man named Jeffries, a news photographer whose beat used to be the world. Right now, his world has shrunk down to the size of this window. He's been watching the people across the way. Nobody seems to pull their blinds during a hot spell like this. He knows a lot about them by now. Too much, perhaps. For instance, down there on the second floor, the woman pacing about. He calls her Miss Lonely Hearts. So lonely that even death seems like a friend. These are the newlyweds on a honeymoon no one will ever forget. He calls her Miss Hearing Aid, an artist of a very odd and strange art. The songwriter who plays the same melody over and over again. A genius or insane? This is the traveling salesman and his invalid wife. Out of their arguments and nagging comes a weird kind of love. Miss Torso, the body beautiful. That is, viewed from a safe distance. Those are just a few of my neighbors. First I watched them just to kill time, but then I couldn't take my eyes off them, just as you won't be able to. And you won't be able to take your eyes off the glowing beauty of Grace Kelly, who shares the heart and curiosity of James Stewart in this story of a romance shadowed by the terror of a horrifying secret. Only the offbeat, original, creative powers of Orson Welles could bring you so suspenseful, so gripping, so different a drama of love threatened by vengeance. Ty Webb, Heavy Longmire, Gustav Mateblanc, London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato, enlighten me. Now, is this after that? Was that wolf call? In response to your last uh, pour there. Oh, man. So much jingle jangle. <laughs> so hopefully Ty's that... Ty's feeling all right. Hopefully that lives up to your expectations. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right we've had some good stories off air. Oh, yeah. Ones that will never... Yeah, repeat. these aren't even coming out in real life, so I apologize. Apologize. Oh, baby, I can't kiss you. Apologize. Kiss it. All right, this is Can You Hear Me podcast... It's still just two guys. It's Ty and Gustav, but, you know, someday, maybe. One of them's drunk. Figure out which one yeah. later. Yeah, I'll lay odds on which is which. You can find me at Real Gustav on Twitter. You can find me anytime you want. <laughs> Call me. I'm at TyWeb3000. And the late, great, departed, one and only, never will be another one, Heavy Longmire. It can be death tweeted at Longmire Heavy. If Heavy show up, I'd throw a leg on him. A little hump. Yeah. If Heavy showed up, I'm going to be the one that gets killed. Heavy's the one that's going to get <laughs> fucked. That's right. And uh, you can email us at canyouhearmepod at gmail.com. I ain't marrying either one of you fuckers. No, nah, I wouldn't either. Not at all. A few months ago, I was in Indiana. Mark. On business. Double Mark. And I stopped by a Goodwill, as I was wont to do. Oh, yeah. Nothing going, wrong with a Goodwill. Going through the records. Because, you know, when I travel, I Talking like to, to the ladies. go to these thrift stores and get a different sampling, maybe find some new records. And I'd bought some obscure comedy albums. I don't recall what they were, but they all had <laughs> death motifs on the cover. I'm sure. And the and these were from the like late 60s, and I'll find them an update in a later episode. But they were very Professor Brad-esque in their mm. gallows humor. That's the whole reason I bought them, you know, because yeah. they, they just smacked her of Brad. But anyway, so I get up to the uh, the counter, and uh, as I'm buying it, the kid at the checkout says, Are you a senior citizen? What? <laughs> yes. Look, motherfucker. Well, so I tell him no, because I'm shocked, but then he was asking me because I would have gotten a fucking discount. 
Boy, you should have rode that Why train. Why didn't I roll with it? I could have <laughs> saved 25 cents off my dollar album purchase. Oh, you should have rolled heavy on no that. No shit. But I was taken aback. Yeah. I mean, I'm almost 43. After you jack slapped him, you should have taken the discount. I hardly have any hair and what's there is gray, but I could have saved 25 cents. Would have been worth it. It hurt, though. It was like, damn. Yeah, you should have thrown down that ARP card on him. That reminded me, and I may have talked about it before, there's something about me, and I don't know what it is, but people at stores approach me for help, okay? <laughs> and it Are doesn't, you wearing a smock? Well, it doesn't, no, it doesn't matter how I'm dressed. One time, I was wearing a full suit and tie at, hey. a, at a pet smart, and somebody came up and asked me to help them get a turtle. <laughs> And it happens all the time at Lowe's and Home Depot, where I'm probably wearing dirty overalls. You didn't escort them over to Cuff and Links. I I should. I ought to help these people. That's what I ought to start fucking with people. But people come up and ask me, like, do you work here? And I'm like, am I wearing a, an apron? <laughs> no, I don't work here. Well, can you help me with it? And then I'll help, you know, if it's an old lady, I'll help her. But still, I'm like, what the hell? Right. But that gets me thinking back one time, and this is when Mrs. Gustav and I were still dating if you can call it that, we were at a, a Kmart. Oh, date night. And yeah, well, we used to hang out a lot. It seems like at Kmart's and Walmart's in the evening. I don't, we didn't have anything else to do, I guess. Running that buffer. Right. Not a bad job. Not a bad job. Well, this old man comes up to me and says, boy, <laughs> and then asks something. But I was so offended that I was just in shock. What do you mean, boy? Well, Mrs. Gustav goes ahead and helpful missed that she is oh they're back there you know and i'm like why did you help him he just called me boy he was very cotton hill unacceptable anyway but that's me and it still happens to this day and i don't think i'm approachable but obviously i am i worked a lot in retail in college but shit it's been a long <laughs> ass time but people come up to me for help oh do I'm, i look helpful i miss retail gustav it was not good <laughs> oh you know what i take that back when I first started working in the grocery stores, and I mentioned that I worked at the United in Lubbock back around 1993, I was super go-getter. Oh, yeah. Super hard worker. Full of spunk. I was the baggingest son of a bitch there was. I'm out there <laughs> rotating the milk. Ma'am. Oh, it was, you know, the the managers loved me. They came and asked me if I'd ever considered a re, uh, career in grocery <laughs> retail. Now that you mention it. No, I don't think so. <laughs> And then the store I, could be yours. And then I moved years. back and finished school back in the 903 and I worked in retail again, grocery and some other places. That's where I met fake Bailey J. And as long as I was in grocery, I was very customer oriented. But then when I started working the job with fake Bailey back J, when you enjoyed people. Well, when I started working fake Bailey J, I had this, I stopped working with people and I was in the back and that's when asshole gustav started to really come out yeah that's the gustav we all know that's the that's the gustav and i mean i was a jackass and then i don't think i broke that probably till about mid-30s i think <laughs> i probably still can be but some say it still is still is i think overall and then going back to our old dunning kruger effect episode thank you, thank you. which is one of my favorites that's a very Thai-centric episode if you'd like to go. Ain't nothing worse than a Thai-centric episode. I enjoy Thai-centric episodes, and oh, I think the people do too. That's an audience of one. The only That's for the fan to decide. <laughs> the only thing better than a Thai-centric episode is back when we used to have heavy-centric episodes. Boy, those were moment of silence. That's going to be cut out by the <laughs> program because I ain't going to protect it. Do you, Well, you weren't there for the – that was a – Jay Cranfield was with us when he did his Night Before Christmas heavy. <laughs> that was classic. <laughs> so go back around Christmas for that if you want to treat, if you missed that. I just picture him all quill pinned up, oh, running it, the midnight oil, writing that thing. Quill pinned like Roy uh, Clark's character on Hee Haw when he would be the poet. <laughs> yes. God, that <laughs> he had was, a little ruffle. That was so great. He was so proud of himself. Yeah. R.I.P. heavy. He's good at that kind of thing, you know. He can spin a yarn. You know, we have a, a friend who has a, a relation by marriage that's a cowboy poet. That's right, we do. And, and they have their own get-togethers. Yeah, 
I could see that's heavy. A, that's a jeans and the boot kind of get together. Yeah. I could see heavy someday maybe migrating to that. Oh, yeah. He'll, at some point in his life, he'll throw on a red sash. Maybe a nice uh, kerchief with a concho with slide. A, with a turquoise inlay. Yes. Yeah. He loves that turquoise. Well, I can see that. Like, nothing. you know who else loves turquoise? And who is a huge fan of heavy. We've gone into this before that the Mexican? No, no. I don't know about that, but the pretty little ranch wife, one of our female listeners. Oh man. She loves heavy. And you can't blame her. I know, but if you if you rank I think if you rank the fandom, it's gonna be heavy, Ty, and then Gustav last. No, I think I think I'm definitely last. No, I think you're second. No. I mean it's a distant second from heavy, but I think we can both agree that we are miles away from heavy in favorability. Uh, well, in general, likability and liking people and everything about it. Yeah, heavy. Yeah. I mean, most wins people can't down. approach heavy and lovability, so we're used to it. And cuddleability. Well, that he is legend. He'll snuggle. Well, he'll close talk you. Did and you then see? Snuggle. There was some report recently about how a really high percentage of straight men in the survey had cuddled another man. Boy, I, did you not see no. that? I, I think I remember you mentioning that, but I haven't seen the actual. Somebody report. tweeted. I think maybe Pork Titan tweeted that out, or maybe Interstand Man. One of those two. I I mean, I love a good cuddle, but so far it's been reserved for those of the female persuasion, or maybe Big Enus, one of those guys. Yeah, I can't think of a time that I've actively cuddled another man. The only time I've gotten close. Is a camp out situation where it was freezing cold. I, I've been where your bags are very close to one another. And so I've been to speak. in, yeah, and I, you know, sleeping bags, let me clarify. And I've been where maybe it's a small tent and you're already confined. Yeah. Now, Heavy has been known to, uh, he might roll over and throw an arm on you. Yeah. He's, he gets overly affectionate. Under certain conditions. He will close talk you under certain Boy, conditions. he will close talk your ass. And if you... <laughs> I mean, whoo, he's got a PhD in close talking. <laughs> he wrote the book. That county fair. Oh, my, the county fair. <laughs> I've never seen such close talking in my life. And I've seen a lot of close talking. You have seen a lot of close talking. Mostly from him. Oh, you know what? Um, So we've got a couple of couple of emails from Little Ranch Wife. All right, Little Ranch. Now, this one goes back a while back, and, you know, our recording schedule does not always lend itself to real-time yeah. updates. Yeah. And I think if you've been with us a while, you understand that. But if you're just now joining us, the way we try to do it because of our schedules is we'll record two, three, four episodes at one time. We binge pod and binge drink. And that's how it works. So if you email us, which we encourage immensely don't expect a quick turnaround but and we you, will get to you let me tell you you sons of bitches out there that are listening all the time and are not emailing you need to get on your ass and send us some emails yes yeah, send them to can you hear me pod at gmail.com and you know who you are and if you are not in texas i definitely want to know i uh, get an email from you and hear how you found us and why you continue to listen to yeah, us. Yeah, because we've got a hell of a lot of listeners that are not in Texas, not even in the country. Right. And we want to hear from you guys. We want to know why, because it's fascinating to us. I mean, I get the people that we interact with because of that we know them from Ticket Twitter land and all that, but I don't get it when you're from Iran or Turkey and you're listening to us. We're huge in Burma. You know, we've still got a few states we haven't ever gotten a download from. We haven't gotten Alaska, and I think they would love us in Alaska. Oh, and for I think sure. we're sparse in uh, the Dakotas and Montana. We, we need to hear from Dakota, and Montana is on my bucket list of places to go. I want to go up there to Glacier National Park, and I don't think we've gotten a New Hampshire. See, that's surprising. So. I don't care if Stan Bailey has to get in his truck and drive to New Hampshire and download there. Whatever you got to do, Stanley. We need to knock that one off. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sick of this 46, 47 states bullshit. But, but we're coming up. And then, you know, our international listenership still baffles me. There's I'm, somebody in Fairbanks right now listening. No, not yet. I'm telling you. They need us. This episode, I feel like that there's somebody in Fairbanks right now 
huddled up with an Inuit that is listening and thinking, I wonder if I should email. Well, let me tell you, you should. If you've ever met an Inuit, please email us. I don't care where you live. If you've met an Inuit, if you've made love to an Inuit. We'll do a whole episode on it. Send pictures or courtroom drawings and we will do a full episode about your Inuit sexcapades. Send us an artist rendering of your escapades with an Inuit and I guarantee you we'll come and do a live event at your place. I don't know if we'll do that, but I will. If you even send the description, I will forward that to Ernesto Bloom and see if he will do a painting of you making love to an Inuit. Even better. And we'll send that to you. I will ship that anywhere in the world. COD. Yes. (laughs) Does any place even do COD anymore? Man, I don't know. That's a throwback to our youth. I can't remember, but that was always on all those albums. Self-addressed stamped envelope and COD. Hey, while we're on that, do you remember the government place that you would write to for information in Pueblo, Colorado? Yes. That's the only reason I even knew of Pueblo. I went to Pueblo. Actually, I made my family go to Pueblo, Colorado to go to Bent's Old Fort. Which was a fur trapping. Of course you did. Of course I did. Which was a fur trapping outpost during the fur trade era. Did you see Heavy there? <laughs> Heavy was one of the quote unquote historical reenactors working there. That's how we first met. He was the local shaman, <laughs> fully beaded. Yes, wearing so many trade beads. <laughs> All right, so back to a pretty little ranch wife. And she says, offensive is the title. Uh oh. And this may have been an episode that you and I were. I know she's not going to come at heavy because that's her favorite. She couldn't give two shits about us. After my debut, the only thing I've been offended by so far. Now, I want to interject something right here. (laughs) There was a certain episode. She's gone through all the episodes that are currently available. And I know that she got offended. Well, we tried to warn her. We tried. We warned her husband. husband. Anyway, but I've gone back and since fixed one of those. Yeah, one of those was way off the charts. Anyway. Back in our learning to edit days. Yeah, we, we let a lot more slide past that didn't get bleeped back then. <laughs> yeah, careful when you're perusing those early episodes. And don't play those with Granny around, unless Granny is a uh, worked in a bar. All right, I was been offended by so far as the fact that y'all chose Clint Eastwood over John Wayne. Oh, now, going shit. back to the episode that just aired before this about our fuck, Mary kill, John Wayne... Marty Robbins, Wilford Brimley, she's not going to like that episode either. That was a knife straight through my little heart, exclamation mark. With a heart? No, she's really pissed at us. I have a little under a year of episodes left to get through, and I get excited for every one. Cheers to the little podcast that could. Bye? Pretty little ranch wife. Well, well, look at you coming into the fold. So far, and this has been a month or so back, she is now, I think, caught up. And she's also in the large and growing group that includes women who have had interaction with us who have at one point in time gotten pissed off at us. Oh, yeah, that's a huge. I mean, in fact, it's almost every woman that's ever interacted with us, I think. I can't think of any that haven't. How about the fact that when she first met you and I in person, Mm -hmm. she thought we were a couple? That's right. And I'm not saying that we're not. Right. But I'm saying that's pretty damn presumptuous of you. Yes. Little ranch wife. But I, that's one of my favorite stories that have come out of this podcast endeavor is that she thought you and I, I guess, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that. And if I had to pick, I'd pick you over heavy. Well, I appreciate that. Because you are a handsome man. Well, and, I, you know, I'm also adventurous. But he's never snuggled a man. I'm I'm saving that for just the right man. All right, we've got another one from her, and this is after she's read or listened to even more episodes. I, I've run into a couple of people here lately that have gone back through our full back catalog. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I, and I, that you know we're at over seventy episodes now. I can't believe that. Not counting, I mean, counting the lost one. How long have we been doing this? Uh, a year? year and a half, almost. Oh my gosh, we should be better. You'd think by now. That's crazy that we've got over 70 hours of audio for people to listen to. And then I think about, you know, people I'm so like, sorry. apologize. Kiss it. Oh, baby, I can't kiss you. You smell like pee. 
That's a Chuck Berry reference if you haven't got that. Oh, man. R.I.P. Chuck Berry, you dirty motherfucker. Boy, took it to the limit. That's the craziest video ever. Yeah, I've yet to watch that. But Oh, you haven't? No, I've just... I've, I've got, got so much nostalgia for old Chucky B. Look, I, I lost all nostalgia for Chucky B once he got popped for uh, the cameras planted in the restrooms yeah. of his... And the glass table situation was tough. But that that hot tub or bathtub video, it's I had to eventually watch it because I'd heard too much about it. Right. It is disturbing. I'm sure. But it's also hilarious because of his... <laughs> verbiage it's hard to watch that's not what i choose to watch in general in my free time but it's out there it's been out there for a long time yeah, that's the crazy I thing i've heard all about it i just hadn't brought myself to do it well i'm not going to encourage you to don't pressure me i'm not it's not peer pressure how big a thing was peer pressure counts or uh not counseling, but just warning us about peer pressure oh. in the late 80s. God, it was everything. It was school assembly. Come on, kids. it make you feel good, dude. Come All on, the cool now. kids are doing it. Go ahead. Do it. I wonder if peer pressure talk actually saved you. anybody. Nobody we knew. No. It should have, but. It might have, but no. Yeah. So what's Little Ranch Wife's oh, I'm sorry. I got thinking thing. about the good old days. All right. She's. Her- she's- She's downright prolific in this episode. Yes, this is, and this is a big email from her, so this may take up the rest of the episode. We'll just call this... Well, hell, she ain't listening once she found out Heavy ain't on here anyway. Yeah, she just skips those episodes. I mean, we love her, but she just won't love us back. No, not... You know, we're like the uh, the step family Story without of Heavy. our lives, man. We've been loving women our whole life, and they just won't love us back. Won't. Roadkill is the title of this one. Nice. I know I'm way behind listening, but oh well. I don't want to miss anything. Several months ago, my husband and I were in his pickup going to eat, going about 80 on the highway. A few I hope he was taking you to a nice steak dinner with a big baked potato. Knowing him, he's probably Snapchatting while he does it. Probably. He's going to die one of these days Snapchatting. I get Snapchats from him. He's driving a tractor. I don't even, I still don't have a good handle on, of course, I'm not on Snapchat, but I don't have a good even a good handle on what the hell Snapchat is. And I know you've tried to explain it to me before. Well, I, you know, I don't either. Mostly it's, I get activities of farm work from, from Trav. Is it just all pictures? And videos. Okay. And then um, I get Snapchats from our beloved JJ that usually involve things. Our favorite barrister. And um, that's pretty much it. Every once in a while, Tam Tam will... Take a picture of something, Pete. Fucking Pete. <laughs> With that, boy, I like that. Well, I don't. I wasn't on Snapchat, but I saw it on Twitter when she sent us that one of him with the pistol stuck in his diaper. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's Classic. what I see a Snapchat, but uh, I don't get it either. But apparently, it's the whole the all the rage amongst the kids these days. Well, at least I don't get these kids these days. A few deer run across the road, and sure enough, we hit one dead center. I'm screaming my head off and panicking while he never even hit the brakes. Hell, TB's <laughs> got that thing skin out and on the hood. We heard it hit the front bumper replacement, built like a shit brick house, mind you. And then we heard it hit the front axle and then the back axle. Good night. A little bit later, he stops to be sure none of the horses or anything got pulled. Oh, sorry. Hoses. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> sure none of the hoses or anything got pulled loose and there's freaking blood and guts Everywhere, mm. everywhere in all caps to, you know, accentuate, accentuate it, accentuate not the a, positive, not eliminate a, the negative. <laughs> Our fifth grade <laughs> play. <laughs> Shit sticks with you, boy. Oh, well, to tie this together, the lead of that fifth grade play who moved on. Yeah. But we still, you know, hold him dear. He had a roadkill story that has stuck with me forever. Okay. Now I'm interested. Now, I want to say his grandparents lived further west. Maybe not out west this far, but further west. Okay. And they were driving through a pasture in a truck, you know, a single cab truck. Yeah, like a big 10. Yeah. Uh, his grandfather's driving. He's sitting in the middle, and his mother is in the front seat. So he's or, writing the cowboy logic. Right. And as they're driving, they hit a buzzard. <laughs> okay. That And maybe it wasn't a pasture. Maybe they were sitting on the road on a farm to market because there had to be going an excessive speed for this to happen. The buzzard comes through the windshield yeah. 
And in its death throes, as it's flailing around in the cab of this single cab pickup, is throwing up Good and night. bleeding everywhere. All, and I think this was on a Sunday. They on, must have been moving pretty good to send that some bitch through the windshield. Or back then, maybe maybe it was an older truck and the windshields didn't quite you yeah. know, make the standard. Might have been duct taped on. So it is puking on his mom's Sunday dress and dying as it goes. So imagine that, you know. Enjoy good, your dinner, folks. A good-sized bu- uh, buzzard. I almost said blizzard. Uh, and I'd have old, uh, <laughs> that old Bob. Bob coming at me. Bob Phillips would be emailing us. But uh, this, and you know, buzzard's a pretty good wingspan. You know, a good six-foot yeah. wingspan. Through the whole damn cab. Just dying and flailing and puking. And I love that story. It's always stuck with me because I can't imagine his mom, she was not one for... No. Riff raff. Riff raff. So anyway, that back to uh little ranch wife here. Okay. So not a dent on the pickup and we go about our evening, as you will. Sure. Sure. TB's taking care of business. Yeah, I mean this is not even gonna phase him. He's got his mind on that tater. So a couple of weeks ago I hit a deer alone in my car. I saw her run up the ditch and I remember thinking to myself, Well, here we fucking go. And I hit her. She probably what? hit the gas. She got a mouth on her, too. Yeah, she does. You wouldn't expect it. But then again, look who she's associating with. That's right. He should wake up every day thinking his lucky star. No shit. Luckily, she was pretty small, but I not only hit her once, but like three times. Good night. Was she back up? She, Yeah, she wanted to make sure it was done. She kept bouncing out in front of me and wouldn't fall or go to the side. Crunched the front bumper of my car, but it's not too bad. The worst part is the Mexican food... <laughs> The worst part is the Mexican food I'd gotten in town for dinner was slung all over the passenger floorboard of my car. Oh, man. Got refried all over the velour. Oh, it's awful. Killing animals with a vehicle is not an experience that I'm too fond of. I prefer to use the business end of my 243. Okay. Rifle of choice for myself. Anyway, just wanted to share our roadkill stories. Carry on. Bye, little ranch wife. I helped Trav uh, pick out the weapon for the 243 that she mentioned, it's a CVA single shot break open. Oh, yeah. And that's one of my favorite guns right now. That's an easy gun to shoot. It's cheap. I think it's it was under $200. Light. Light. 243, you know, common round. And, but yeah, she liked that a lot. Another, and we, I know we had a whole roadkill episode, and I can't remember if I talked about it, but uh, my aunt's third husband. Hey, now. He hit a deer. And it was a buck and I guess hit it and it bounced up and then wrapped around. What would you call the piece that goes up from the body up to the, to the roof? What was that called? You know, mm. it's the frame, but I, I'm sure yeah. there's a technical name for it, but I don't know. It hit there at the neck. Yeah. And the body's on the deck on the windshield. And then the head with the rack slings around and so much force that it breaks the window. Damn. And the rack comes in and hits him. Shit. It was a fucked up thing. Well, you could lose an eye that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Is this the one that had the place out there where I used to stay? No, that was, that was, the, number, uh, two. That was number two. Yeah. Because I could see that happening with him. Oh, yeah. Well, he would have gotten out and yeah mounted that. Yeah. <laughs> been strapped to the hood of his Corvette. Yeah, they'd have had that for dinner that night. But, uh, yeah. So, we we welcome you to the fold, pretty little ranch wife. We're You're, sorry Heavy's not here. You're I'm just sorry. Have to deal Some with days us. he'll come back loaded with turquoise, and you and him can have a big love fest. But right now, it's just, just us. The remnants. The revenant. The guilty revenant. If, when, whenever we do finally make a live appearance, if Heavy is not... Fully turquoised. I feel like everyone is going to be disappointed because he he has the capacity. He could come ringed up, bolo tied up, flash them curls a little bit. Right. He needs to go full on heavy centric and give the people what they want. Well, I'm sure there'll be some close talking and they'll be giving us that look like, you know, when one of your friends has a really ugly girl hitting on them, you know, come help you. Yeah, like, like that one friend that I can't tell that story where he got stuck in a booth and he needed me to come <laughs> save him. Yeah. Can't tell that one on air. All right. We got a fake Bailey J update. All right. And this goes back to our discussion about hot dogs. Not a hot dog. And she says, Wiener McCarthyism. Oh, 
I like it already. Now, I do have an idea for a city of Gustav that I'm kicking around about McCarthyism, but I hadn't worked on it yet. She says... Joseph or Andrew? (laughs) (laughs) It's a joke for me. (laughs) Pretty in pink. It ain't easy being awful. I also like mustard, sauerkraut, sweet, or dill relish, chili, and easy cheese. So suck it, you nitrite haters. Dude, I'm not... I'm pretty open-minded when it comes to the dog, but I'm not doing no ketchup. No, and I saw, and it broke his heart. Now, I love, I, I'm fully on board with your kraut. Yeah. With your mustard. Oh, yeah. With your chili. Yes. With your relish, but it, I prefer dill. I, I Don't pref- mark that. Uh, yeah. Uh, but either relish is fine, but I, I prefer the either. dill. I'm on Board with the pepper, Chicago style. See, I always take the pepper off, but I do like the Chicago dog with the tomato, spicy mustard, and that steamed onion, poppy seed, steamed poppy seed. Yeah, but you c- listen. You know who you are. Stop with the fucking ketchup. Did you see Chef Rob? Yes. Posted that his son. Yes. And, and you know what? My damn kids. That's what they want. And I. I mean, I respect Rob for setting the young and straight on that. Because there is no room for that bullshit. You keep that fucking ketchup away from those hot dogs, or by God, we're going to show up, and we're bringing hell with us. Nice nice reference. I mean, he's looking right he at me. He is looking at you. Yeah, that's good. God, so good. Thank you, Ernesto Bloom. He's going up in the bedroom tonight. That's going to make the ladies so much more... I mean, they're already more. like rolling at a nine level of arousal. But when they see a giant cartoonish a Curly Bill painting hanging over your bed. That, you know what? That might be the key to me actually getting one to come in the house. Yeah. Is that going to go on your Tinder profile? I'm going to slap that up there as soon as I figure out what Tinder is. Or grinder, whatever. Yeah, because I feel like Curly could go either way. Yeah. I mean, you know, Megan and I did talk a little bit about it when we talked about Tombstone, about how Jason Priestley's character is yeah. obviously... Likes the lads. Lighting the loafers, as they would say. A little bit, yeah. And then, of course, Billy Zane, I think, probably was, too, there. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't... Foppish would be the uh, adjective that I would describe. Yeah, he wasn't too covert about it. And, you know, that was... I thought that at the time, I thought that was pretty bold that That Tombstone did that, because that was not... But Far from acceptable in the mainstream. Well, and... Very unheard of in the Western. Oh, yeah. That that got me to thinking. That was very don't ask, don't tell. It's not the first gay character I had seen in a Western. Kurt Russell. I mean, Kurt Russell. Well, there there was that time that Charles Nelson Riley made an appearance on Bonanza. Is there really? Because I want that to be true. (laughs) God, I wish it was. I'm not sure it's not, but I want that to be true so badly. Uh, Any show that included a Charles Nelson Riley cameo, I was on board with. Kirk Douglas made a movie with Henry Fonda called There Was a Crooked Man, probably about 69, 68. I can't remember the exact year. It starred in the supporting cast, Hume Cronin and another actor that was a, a real common character actor, and I can't remember his name. Hume from Cocoon. From Cocoon, going back to our Wilford Brimley theme. Henry Fonda was so great in the Oxbow incident. He's great. In, I mean, yeah, he was one of my favorite everything. actors. Yeah, he's great. In but Hume Cronin and this other character actor are a bickering middle-aged gay couple stuck in an Arizona prison in about 1880. So how? Yeah, they're breaking down a lot of barriers. But again, this is like 1969, and I don't. Of course, it was. It's very. Hell, hey, now it's very uh, obvious to me. Yeah. But going back to, I think we've talked about before, did people back then pick up on that? I mean, I don't think people realized Liberace was gay back then. Right. Or the, I don't mean to, ca- you know, to cast a uh, proclivity on Charles Nelson Riley, but I've always assumed he was like men I more than a, women. I think that's a pretty safe assumption. There was a lot of a, a lot of plausible deniability back then, right. too. There was a lot of don't ask, don't tell. Well, I mean, you know, Rock Hudson being our archetype of that right did i tell the story about a friend of the family that went off to go out to hollywood to make his way as an actor and his roommate that he'd met or whatever that they were sharing an apartment was going out with raymond burr really yeah 
uh, one evening, and he invited him along. The great and, and Perry he, Mason. He said no thanks. He didn't really uh, play that way, but yeah, yeah. Raymond Burr was my. Well, he was fantastic. Oh, Perry Mason's great. I'd watch that right now. Ironside was awesome. I liked me some Ironside. <laughs> also, um, he, I, he, I thought he did a great job in Rear Window. Oh yeah, yeah. And he was just. I mean, he was. He solid. was a good actor. Yeah. I mean, he he. Rear Window too. As a side note, you know that Grace Kelly is on my Mount Rushmore. Yes, and well, I I know I've said I probably said it on the show before because I try to say it at least once a week. But Grace Kelly in Rear Window, I think, is as beautiful as somebody can look. She was a gorgeous lady. I'd feed her a couple of water burgers. I know that you're gonna skinny shamer, but for me, she was perfection you know now that we don't have heavy um hanging around our neck like a uh millstone we should do a whole hitchcock episode oh man which would just be like oh yeah that's good yeah that's good not only was and you also for me you had the added bonus of grace kelly showing up quite often in those well she hitchcock absolutely loved her I mean, she, he was a married man and everything, but she was his muse there for a good long run. She looked exquisite in Dial M for Murder. Yes. I was going to I saw that somewhere on streaming, and I was like, I need to sit down and watch that again. My, Nothing wrong with Tippy either. No, and Kim Novak and Vertigo. <laughs> that's, I think, I think Vertigo is probably my favorite Hitchcock movie. There's so many good ones. It's hard. I think Rear Window is my all-time yeah, favorite. That's, that's that's a top one right there. But now, there's so many good ones. It's have hard. you ever seen The Trouble with Harry? Yes. That one, you know, it, it doesn't approach the suspense or anything, but that's one of the ones that I could just put on, watch. I could actually relax watching that it's movie. It's subtle and comforting. Yes. Yeah, it, it's fantastic. It's a very fall movie. And again, it's set in the fall, but I, I could... I could you know, a nice brisk fall day, I could watch that. Very if there's happily. anyone out there who hasn't yet delved into Hitchcock, please do it. Yeah, what are you waiting for? I mean, please watch Rear Window, watch Vertigo, Vertigo watch North by Northwest, oh. watch, I mean, Dial in for Murder. Uh, there's so many good yeah, ones. Yeah, I mean, The Birds, you know, I can't remember if I liked Marnie that much. I don't think I even saw that one. That one I need to revisit, but yeah. And then Rope. Did you ever see Rope? Mm, I don't think. It's, it's probably like 48. James Stewart's in it. And it's What's inter- it about? It's about a murder, but it's interesting because they shot it in basically two takes. Yeah. And the only gap is when they have to change. It's a physical limitation the reel of the film is only long enough that they had to change the film in between so it's very huh no i don't think i've seen it's that. very much like a, a stage play so the sets you know just in this apartment yeah and the one cut where they had to change the reels they focus in on a piece of furniture huh and then they change the reel and then they back out and that's all it is that's cool it, it's not the best hitchcock movie i mean it doesn't hold a candle to you know all the ones that we love right but as far as an interesting piece and i'm not always big on plays mark <laughs> but but you do agree that hell is other people yes um it's just a it's one of those things where it's it's an interesting thing and jimmy stewart's not the main character in it i mean he's there's only like three characters i think but it's a, it's a pretty good and i love J- jimmy stewart oh yeah I mean, again, like we mentioned, I think it was last episode or one before last. I don't know the whiskey's talking right now, but um, the man who shot Liberty Valance. If you want classic Jimmy Stewart and the Duke, it doesn't yeah. get any better. No, than that's that. a good one. And I mean, fantastic in Rear Window. Yes. I mean, he was great and everything, but yeah, he he was him. Cary Grant. Those guys were. And I, I I've heard people lately that have said that some of those old movies don't hold up and they find them kind of campy or whatever. But for my money, I've got no problem rewatching those over and over. Yeah, I could see that about some movies. But then again, I don't think you and I watch movies like most people do. Like fully clothed? Right, without being greased up. I think that we're able to always kind of put ourselves in a frame of reference to the movie. Well, that's the thing, too. Like when I'm watching a movie... 
and some people might find this annoying, but I want to get immersed. Like, I don't want you to bring your bullshit about we're going to do, we're going to multitask during a movie or we're going to get up and leave and then come back. No, I'm going to be fully focused on that movie and I'm going to immerse myself yeah. in it. I find it very difficult to the point where I won't watch a movie unless I'm just going to watch it from start to finish. Right. I don't do that stop and start bullshit. Now, I have found that my attention span in general is that because of that, I know what my limitation is. And so if I've got some time to watch TV, I'm much more likely to watch a 30-minute program knowing that I don't have this full amount of time than I am to tackle a big, long movie. What is that old movie with Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn where they're, it's set in Italy. Charade or Charade? Yeah. 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 I saw that not too long ago and I'm just a sucker for those old movies. Yeah. I I grew up watching the old stuff and some of them, I agree. Maybe there's some that I don't like. I mean, it's not like I'm just like, oh, it's old. It's great. And that's not the case. I know that I don't always like all of the Marilyn Monroe movies. Yeah. I like some of them. Some Like It Hot is fantastic. Some Like It Hot is great. The Misfits is great. Have yep. you ever watched that? Yep. That's really good. I haven't seen it in a long time, and it's really good. I could watch, this is not Marilyn Monroe, but thinking about, like, I like plays. Right. I like movies that are, you know, based on plays and that kind of setting to where it is sort of a single shot, you know, kind of situation. Right. I mean, I could watch 12 Angry Men once well, that's, a week. That's a great movie. That's I mean, a great cast. Oh, the original. Yes. I mean, there have been remakes of it. No, the, uh, what's, oh shit. What's the guy's name that favors mm, Lee J. Cobb? Yes. So good in that. So good. And of course, Henry Fonda is fantastic. But yeah, if you haven't seen the original 12 Angry Men, do yourself a favor and watch it this week. So speaking of originals, and Mrs. Gustav and I have bemoaned this trend of remakes and reboots and everything. And obviously, 12 Angry Men was a play first. What's your take on remakes? It depends. I mean, usually I prefer the original, and it seems like it's seldom that the remake is worth watching. Right. But there have been some that were really good. Like, I enjoyed, and this may be sacrilege, but I enjoyed the remake of True Grit. And it may have been because I like Jeff Bridges so much. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. And it was a Coen Brother movie. Yes. And, and I mean, anything Coen Brothers and anything Jeff Bridges I'm in on, you put the two together, it's usually gold. But, uh, yeah, there are, and I'm trying to think of some other examples where the remake I was didn't better. Mind. I didn't mind. It wasn't better, but I didn't mind the remake of Affair to Remember with Warren Beatty and Annette Bening. I don't think I saw that. I, I mean, I went into it. You know, thinking there's no way this is going to be near right. as good. And I mean, I I still prefer the original. And, you know, they made, remade uh, Sabrina about the same time. Yes. And that was, I enjoyed that one too. Not as much as the original, right. but it was, it was really well I done. Just, I just, you know, to me, it's like. It's just so hard to do. I just wonder about why when, when something, I guess if it was mediocre and you thought you could do better, I get that. Right. But I, you know. I was looking through a bunch of old uh, westerns on Amazon, and and I'm not a super fan of John Wayne's early work. I think it's the weakest era of his yeah. career, but he was good in Stagecoach. Oh, and that's yeah. a John Ford film, and that movie's been remade multiple times. Right, and usually really and it and I've seen I haven't seen any of the remakes. Well, the remakes usually have people that we are very fond of, like. Willie Nelson or something, you know, right. or Johnny Cash. And I'm like, why the hell did you people even bother this? Unless you just wanted to go hang out with your friends and ride a horse type thing. I did think that the remake of Manchurian Candidate was pretty good. I didn't see that. I mean, I preferred the original mainly because Angela Lansbury was so fantastic in it. But Meryl Streep, you know, right? she she did a quality job, of course, in the remake. But that one was pretty good. But I just, you know, I worry, and I get it that some things are almost, I mean. But don't, man, don't. Just most of the time when I see a remake is coming out, I'm just like, please don't do it. And I'm just thinking of movies that are coming to mind like, please don't try and remake Three Days of the Condor. Oh, yeah. Please yeah. don't remake Sting. Oh, I hope not. I mean, I've even heard, and this is, a, you know, not near the quality of film and at a whole different level, but I've heard that they're they're wanting to do a remake of Fletch, 
I heard that too with and like it, Zach Braff. Yeah, and it's been well. I think it sounds like it's been in and out of production over the years several times. But you don't need to do that. Yeah, please. I, it, it's I agree, and you know, and I realize people want to make money, but like the the Spider Man movies jump to mind. Yeah, and how many times are they going to retell the origin of Spider Man? I mean, with different actors doing it. I mean, we get it. We get it. We get it. We get it. We understand it. And Superman should have stopped with Christopher Reeve. I agree, but... I mean, I'm not saying they're not good movies, but you're just never going to reach that level for me. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I think to that point, as much as I loved Adam West Batman... And I loved Michael Keaton Batman. I loved Michael Keaton Batman even more when it came out. Yeah. But there's no doubt that Christian Bell Batman... That was... That was solid. Was solid. It took him a little while to get back to being solid, but but you Dark know, Knight was. Now we got Ben Affleck. Yeah, I don't want. To I don't know that. how that goes. R.I.P. Adam West. The Partial Recall guys recently did Batman and Robin with Clooney, which was a turd. Yeah. Not not the, not their podcast, but the movie. The movie. Yeah. I would never say that about the dead Clay. Although Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy was legit. Well, that was what Clay was saying. Uh, the ghost of Clay said that she was on his top Boy, 10 of the she was 90s. strong to quite strong You know, that. I enjoy Uma Thurman movies immensely. Mark. But I do not think in a head-on look at her, she is beautiful. Now, I'm extremely attracted to her, okay? She's extremely sexy. She's very sexy. But she does not have a classical beauty to her in my opinion okay speaking of her and remakes she does look fantastic in the producers remake did you see that i don't know that i ever watched it with um broderick, broderick and, lane. and nathan lane because i'm a big gene wilder zero mistel fan and i the only reason i watched a clip of it was for uma to be honest because that's one of those because there's there's a big group of movies for me, at least, and probably for you, too, that I'm not going to watch the remake because you just can't touch the original. Right. And I, I don't even want to give the remake a try. And the producers falls in that category. I think that's why I avoided it. But she looks fantastic in that. Uh, I, I find her very attractive and sexy in a general sense, but it just as the face itself, I don't know. Now, she does kind of remind me of someone we were talking about that we grew up with. Yeah. You know, that's always been a, yeah. So there's no doubt that, that probably doesn't hurt my attraction to her, but I just don't know. It's, she's one of those ones. Like, I remember she was very pretty in uh, Dangerous Liaisons. Yeah. But like watching like Kill Bill and stuff, she looks pretty haggard in that. And, but you never have seen that, which I was shocking. Not. I know. I need to. I think, I've heard it's, I think it's on Amazon right now. I love now. Tarantino. That's great. Now, the, Dirty Dead Ghost of Clay said that he didn't like the Kill Bill movies. Well, that's why he's dead. That's now. why he's dead. Did they remake Stir Crazy at one point? I don't believe so. I thought I heard that they had done that or they were thinking about it. If if you haven't done it and you're thinking about it and you're listening, don't. Yeah. If if you have any clout in Hollywood and you listen to this podcast, we are open for for options. That's right. We're we're, re we're ready to submit some scripts. We will give you the life of heavy. We can we can have that pinned in less than a week. And we are willing to work and pretty much sell our souls. I'm open to full frontal. Oh, absolutely. I'll even do 3D. Yeah, but don't remake Star Crazy. No, whatever you do, do not remake Star Crazy. You know, thinking about the producers and Gene Wilder, I think if you're a play to begin with, originally. Yeah. I'm more open to a movie being remade. Yes. Didn't you love The Postman Always Rings Twice? Boy, I don't think I've seen that in probably 20-something, maybe 30 years. How incredible did Jessica Lange look in that? She looked great, and but how, that was a remake. I know, but um, her and Nicholson, and Nicholson was square in his prime at that point. I, yeah. Man, that was fantastic talking about plays to movies too i was always a big tennessee williams fan i was not oh to me streetcar well i mean yeah that God. that one's a if you don't like streetcar i didn't you say don't, i did you don't like film and we had to read that in head of the class we did 
I did a paper on that. Yeah, yeah. Head of the class. But maybe that'll pay off someday. And to make this gender gender neutral, Marlon Brando as Stanley Kowalski in that movie, I think, is as hot as a dude can get. He has a very much a uh, a presence in that movie. Yes, man, he was on his game at that point. That I mean, on the waterfront's great. It is Godfather's great. But if somebody, if an alien landed and said, "I want to know what Marlon Brando's all about," oh, I would yeah. say, "Watch Streetcar." Absolutely, that is Marlon Brando. Yes, that, he I, was a force in that movie. Yes, that there's no doubt that that is the high water mark. And I mean, that's saying a lot. But he, cause, but he made a lot of crap in the sixties yeah. and seventies. Well, towards the end there, it really oh, and then the, off yeah. the rails. Well, when he was kissing Larry King. Yeah, when he was Doctor Morneau, and yeah. But yeah, I'm trying to think of some other plays that have made really like, good movies. You didn't like Malkovich and Glass Menagerie. I don't know if I saw that. Do it. Do it. Malkovich is somebody I Do have it. a. Uh, He's an acquired taste. I, 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 there are things that I've enjoyed him in thoroughly. Speaking of Cohen movies, and probably one of their lesser movies, uh, Burn After Reading, I enjoy yeah. him in that. Yeah. Although that may be the weakest Cohen movie. Although when I went back and watched it recently, I enjoyed it more than I did the first time. I think I love the Coens so much. Did you ever watch A Simple Man? Oh yeah, that one's a one that I think I need to watch again and again. I I, I enjoyed it. But I felt like maybe, and I got interrupted. See? I had to, see, I had, I had to watch a little bit and then what, finish it up later. That interruption bullshit needs to go. Now you know we've talked in the past about how I don't always have to have, or maybe that was me and Professor Brad, where I don't necessarily have to have a full wrap up. Yeah, but I think a simple man is the Cohen brothers that does that the most, where you're left hanging. You know, right. Tw- not to spoil it, but there's a big thing about to happen and you're just, it's just a slice of life, but, uh, and lots of loose ends to that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind. I don't mind that at all. If things are left unresolved. So many Cohen brother movies that Cohen brothers are, I mean, they're top five for me for sure. Yeah. I think as far as quality of work, they would have to be at the top. This is a very movie centric podcast all of a sudden. And that shout out to Megan and, Megan, he would really like to come on and talk about Tootsie. Or let's talk about Blood Simple. I I can almost guarantee you that she has not seen Blood Simple. Okay, well, Megan, if you're listening, first of all, we love you. Second of all, watch Blood Simple, please. We know you'll love it. It's well worth your time. It's the Coen Brothers' first movie. It's fantastic. It has Emmett Brown in it. No, Emmett Walsh. Emmett Walsh. And Dan... uh, Emmett Walsh alone is enough to watch a movie, but it is so good. It's so noir. It is very noir. Although I'm not sure that really appeals to her. Well, she can expand. I know. I, you know, it's one of those things when she and I started talking about movies for us to, to, you know, go over, I went back and started going backwards from more what would be in her wheelhouse time. Yeah. And then she kind of suggested a few that were closer to mine, but. It got me to thinking how many great movies are, it's just, it's mind boggling. The great movies that most people haven't seen. You know, I, I know that everybody's seen The Big Lebowski. One of my all time favorites. It is wonderful. But there's so many other great Cohen brother movies before then and after that, for that matter, that people have missed out on. I'm going to give a recommendation right now and I'm, I'm, positive you've seen this but one of my favorite movies of all time that's kind of niche it's very noir is touch of evil oh my gosh dude that when i first saw that that was that might have been the big if it wasn't the beginning it took it to another level of my love for noir yes that movie is fantastic so let's just stop down for a little touch of evil talk here and this may have become what the damn episode's about <laughs> Although we're at an hour already. So, Touch of Evil, Orson Welles directs. It's Heston. Heston. Jaja. Um, oh, what crap. I can't even think of a lady from Psycho. Uh, dead gummit. Janet Lee. Janet Lee. Yeah. Thank you. You know, it's Marlene a, Dietrich. Marlene Dietrich, it? yes. Oh. That opening shot it's, on that crane. Oh my gosh. That thing is power packed. 
It is so damn good. If you, Trey, if you want some Dutch angles, buddy, I know you. I know you've seen it, but oh, it's, it's the great Dennis Weaver makes an appearance. Yes, yeah, that that is one of my favorites. And I'm a you know Wells. He wasn't without his flaws, but that is one of that that one. I think that's what got me into Orson Wells because I I get into that. It's much more accessible, and then later I deep dove into. The Magnificent Ambersons and yeah. Citizens Kane and everything and some of his other more weird stuff and a lot of his old radio stuff I even dug into. But F is for fake. Yes. I was watching <laughs> a little bit of F is for fake the other day. I love that. A fascinating guy. And that's one of those people that I always felt bad that he turned into basically a punchline. Yeah, he but, became a caricature of himself. But at his own hand. Right. But I guess that's part of when you He was your Burned so bright for so early on. It's your prototypical mad genius. Absolutely, but yes, touch of evil. If if you if you people value what Ty and I say and not what Heavy says, go find Touch of Evil and watch it. If you like movies, you owe it to yourself to watch Touch of Evil and do it in a dark room with no interruptions and just immerse yourself. In touch of evil. Right. Now, here's your warning, okay, for you people that are young. It's in black and white. Even which better. Is powerful in this movie. Because he could have made it in color. No, I mean, but ab- his use of light in that yes, is it absolutely could have been made in color, but it's not. And if they colorize that movie, I would punch them in the face. Oh, I'm so glad colorization's gone the way the way the dodo. <laughs> but um uh, there are also no computers in that movie. No. You know, there's no, no Oh, it's so but perfect. There's a, there's a magnificent story and wonderful actors and just the perfect note of noir. Yes. And I'm, you know, I'm not all noir all the time, but if it's done right. When I think that's, to me, that's the best noir film there's ever been made. Uh, it, it would rank up there. I'm thinking of what was the one with the dad from, uh, Freaking Three's Company, uh, not Three's Company, My Three Sons, Fred McMurray, um, Dad Gum. Anyway, before he was America's dad on My Three Sons, he was a big noir in the 40s. Yeah. Yeah, noir is, it's underrated and underappreciated. Yeah, it's a dying art, but Touch of Evil, do it. Yeah. Do it now. Do it now. Turn this shit off and go watch Touch of Evil. That's right. Well, I'm not sure this was our best podcast ever. Well, hell, I mean, we... Our bar's low. It's it's really low. But if you want to tell us that it was, you can email us at canyouhearmepod at gmail.com, or you can email us your choice of a movie that got remade and was better or worse. We open that up. And if you have any film noir recommendations, please share that with us, and we will chime in whether or not your tastes suck. Which will be gentle, but we'll be honest. Loving caress. Kind of like slapping that ass and then, you know, kind of making it better then, you know. We'll spoon you in the right direction. I think they call that aftercare in the S&M world. That's what I've heard. You know, supposedly. Hypothetically. Yeah. I can't really prove that. All right. Well, I guess we'll talk to you later. Adios. Bye. Here's the country poet of Cornfield County, Claude Strawberry. Highburst fans just waiting to get a load of this one. When the draft board sent a notice that the Army wanted me, it made me just so happy I was thrilled as I could be. Then I went to join the Army, but they wouldn't let me in. So I tried to join the Navy, but they refused me with a grin. A Marine Corps sergeant threw me out. He really was a meanie. So I went home and took off my dress and drank a dry martini. Johnny Olson, who is our next contestant, please? Bob, it's going to be Charles Nelson Riley. Come on down. Charles, come up here. Completely his hour power center. I have everything. No, I just came to congratulate you being the world's greatest MC. Well, but don't tell, don't tell Jane. No, we won't let you know. And uh, Johnny, congratulate him. And if it's this exciting in a half hour, an hour will be even more wonderful. And I made a poem up. Well, let's hear your poem. The Charles. Price is Right. The Price is Right will be an hour long. Take it from Charles. The show is great. So 
How can you go wrong? <laughs> Thank you. Good luck on Match Game. I hope you're continued, much continued success. Bye-bye, Charles Nelson Riley. And World Class Championship Wrestling. I'm Bill Mercer with Jay Sally. Good night from Dallas, Texas. <laughs>